In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Do you want to be made well? So the question Jesus asks the man by the pool of Bethsaida in today's gospel passage, do you want to be made well? Sort of a simple yes or no question. What he got was sort of an excuse, defense of why he is the way he is. He's been there a long time, says 38 years. Instead of saying, yes, I want to be made well, or no, not really. I've been here 38 years and I got my spot, right? He says, I, I can't, you know, somebody always gets the pool ahead of me. There's apparently a pool where when an angel stirred up the waters, the first person into the pool was, was healed. That was thought to be common knowledge or common tradition anyway. Jesus pays no attention to that excuse. Instead, just heals him. Take up your mat and walk. Jesus doesn't always do this. Lots of times in the Gospels, Jesus doesn't do anything unless someone requests something to be done. What do you want from me? He asks the man who was blind. What do you want? As if it isn't obvious. I want to see. Jesus, generally speaking, asks, what would you like? What do you need? What do you desire? Not just coming upon me. And so, for us, I think, it's all the more because Jesus isn't imposing his will on most of us. Instead, he's really asking, do you want to be made well? Or are you comfortable with where you are now? It's a fair question. An honest question. One where we do need to, to reflect because if, if we're truly honest, there's parts of our lives at times and at seasons where we're very content to live in the places that don't make us well. Where we know we're not well. We, we're lazy. We eat too much. We have the holidays coming. I don't feel like exercise. Do you want to be made well and get on the treadmill? Not really. No, I think I'm happy to binge watch another season of what's on Netflix, right? I mean, so do you want to be made well? Do you want the Spirit of God to come upon you, not just physically, emotionally, mentally, but spiritually? Do we want to know the power of God's grace and love? The great litany that we just prayed as we went around praying for the boundary of this church for good season. 
Generally for fruitful harvest, though we're not really having much crops here at St. Jude's, but we are the fruitful harvest that we're praying for. Right? This is, this, this prayer sort of is all-encompassing. If you read the Great Litany, there's not much that's been left out. Pretty much it's all there. We're praying for our leaders. We're praying for fruitful seasons. We're praying against our sins. We're praying for the Spirit to come upon us. We're giving thanks to God for the various things that God's done. We're all of these prayers, it's pretty much everything. That we're asking God to heal us spiritually, to make us well. And not just us, but our community. Do you want to be made well? And the question isn't just personal. The question, I feel, is corporate. Do you want to be made well? Do we want to be made well? Does Smyrna want to be made well? Does Marietta want to be made well? Does Cobb County want to be made well? Do we want to be made well? Do we want the grace and glory of God's love to descend upon us and those words of the great litany to come to fruition. The reading in Acts today starts at a strange, strange spot. And it's in a, it's in a, in a difficult spot anyway because Paul and Barnabas have, have just split up. They've, they've had a disagreement about John Mark. Um, Barnabas thinks he should get a second chance. Paul thinks otherwise. And so Barnabas goes off with John Mark and, and Paul and Timothy and Silas go a different direction. And so chapter 16 begins without Barnabas anymore. And they're heading towards, towards uh, Macedonia as they have this, this vision that, that God's calling but we, we skipped a couple of the verses, partly because they're irrelevant to an extent, because we like to get right into the action. But they're very important, because they kept trying to dock. And in these various cities, it said, the Holy Spirit kept them from going to these cities. They tried to go here, and the Holy Spirit said, no, you can't go there. And they tried to go to another spot, no, and they tried to go to Bithynia and Myasia. And the Spirit of God would not allow them. So they end up going to Troas, which is about a 400-mile journey from where they set off to begin with. That's a long way. You think that, that God is calling them to go preach, that you should just go preach any place. But in many ways, the Spirit says, no, this is not the time. And indeed, they get to Philippi, which is a, 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 bit, a Roman, major Roman colony. Now, there's no synagogue there. And they just begin to preach. And we hear a woman named Lydia, or perhaps, like in many of the... Many of the uh, military movies and things like that. She's from Lydia, so she just might be called Lydia, the same way you just like, hey, Missouri, hey, Tennessee, you know, those sort of things you just get called by where you're from. Hey, Pittsburgh, you know, they, they don't actually have a name. This, her name's Lydia, she's from the district of Lydia, that might be her name, but it just might be 
She's this lady from Lydia who sold purple cloth. In the great, uh, in a very important passage, it says, And the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said. And then she was baptized. Which is very important. Do you want to be made well? The Lord opened her heart. It isn't the words, thankfully. It's nothing that comes out of my mouth. It isn't the sermon, though hopefully they're decent at times, that changes your heart. It's the Spirit of God. It's the supernatural grace and glory of God that comes upon you as the Word is spoken. Because there's many times where I'll get to the back of the church and people will say, I really enjoyed what you said in your sermon about this, this, and this. And I went, I don't think I said that at all. And either A, I did and forgot, or B, the Spirit took them someplace else. Because I know for me, when I listen to preachers, a lot of times I'll listen and listen and listen, and then they'll say something that, that touches me and pierces me, and then my mind starts going in this different direction, and then I come back a couple minutes later. But God has done something different. And a lot of times... This time is just for God to come and do something different in you. That you'll be made well. To pierce your heart. To beat the bounds of your soul, so to speak. That God is going round and round your heart, round your spirit, round this church. To fill you with grace and light and love, and peace, and anointing. That even after 38 years of being an invalid, you could take up your mat and walk. That's not always physical either. Many times, that's just spiritual. We get stuck. We get stuck as individuals, as families, as churches, as communities. And we need hearts opened and God to speak in new and exciting and powerful ways. Do you want to be made well? It's a question that won't be asked just today. It's a question that Jesus, I feel like, asks all the time. My sheep know my voice and they follow me. Do we want to follow the voice of the shepherd? To hear the voice of the shepherd? To come after the voice of the shepherd? This Thursday is the Feast of the Ascension where Jesus goes that place that's prepared for him, for him and in order to prepare a place for us as well. The culmination of the Word becoming flesh then returns to the Father so that we might be one 
as well. It's a glorious time of celebration, a feast that often gets bumped around because there's no presents and candy and cards and things like that. There's no ascension bunny, you know. Nobody, nobody comes along to bring you gifts. But in all these things, as we've talked about in John's Gospel, of Jesus being glorified, His incarnation, His crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension, all are wrapped into one. He goes to prepare a place for us to be made well. Well, completely, and totally. And prays for us, intercedes us in our daily journey, each and every day, praying that we want the Spirit that He's going to send forth on the Feast of Pentecost, and indeed encouraging us in His prayers to the Father, Do you want to be made well? I pray that we do. That our hearts are open, our minds are open, our spirits are open. That we receive the healing, blessing, and power of God. This day and every day. Amen. Amen.